You thought that you could have it all And life could be a ball But you fell and scabbed your knee Now you can be Today we answer the question, am I an alcoholic? How do I know if I'm an alcoholic? And uh, what to do about it? So that's a big one. You know, the whole question of am I an alcoholic? You know, I think that's something that every person struggling with drug and alcohol needs to ask themselves. It's a question that I struggle with, you know, because when I first came into Alcoholics Anonymous, and as I mentioned before, I have over 25 years of sobriety, Took my last drink on August 13th, 1996. But when I came into the program, and before that sobriety date, I had no idea whether I was an alcoholic or not. I just didn't know. You know, I thought that uh, I made poor choices. I thought that I had, you know, no willpower, that I just, you know, liked to have fun. Um, I really had no idea whether or not I was an alcoholic. You know, and for me, it was, uh, my drug of choice was really not necessarily alcohol. I didn't like how alcohol made me hungover. Alcohol made me sick. You know, I didn't really like what it did to me. Plus, I never wanted to get a drinking and driving, right? I was not a fan of drunk driving. So I really uh, eventually switched to marijuana as my drug of choice because marijuana was, well, it just made me feel better. You know, I really enjoyed the high. I felt like I could do everything on it. You know, I could, I could work. I could, I could drive. I could do anything, you know, made food taste better. There was no hangover. And, um, you know, so eventually I just started smoking marijuana, uh, and it started out slow and it built, you know, it built over time to the point where I was really high all the time. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, you get up, wake and bake. Um, usually don't wake up super early, you know, wake and bake. And then I don't know, eat something, (laughs) You know, and then we'd run some logistical errands. I say we, me and my roommates, my druggy roommates, you know, run some errands, maybe go to the post office, maybe go to class, you know, take care of a few things and then come back. And, uh, you know, we used to always, um, I don't know, I mean, we just didn't accomplish much. You know, I didn't accomplish much. You know, I used to watch Star Trek every night at seven o'clock, which of course we'd get high for. I used to play a lot of foosball and just get high, you know, and then at night, you know, you get high again, more people come over and then maybe have a few beers to round it off, you know, but really just the alcohol was just a couple beers to, you know, accentuate the buzz. And um, so, you know, for so long, I didn't really think I had a problem, but the trouble was I was struggling with school. You know, I didn't really get good grades. I couldn't get good grades, and that was a problem for me. I had a trouble maintaining relationships, okay? So, especially like relationships with the opposite sex, I just, you know, I really wasn't that dependable. You know, I wasn't that fun. You know, what did I want to do? Uh, You want to hang out and get high? You know, I remember I dated a young woman one time, and we... We went and saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? And that was like our Friday night thing. You know, we'd 
we'd get high and drunk and then go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was fun, but it only really lasted a few weeks, you know. Um, even she grew tired of me. And I just remember going on dates, you know, and being with, trying to date, and uh, instead of hanging out with some woman and trying to get to know her, I just wanted to get high, you know, and I would even smoke marijuana in front of, you know, uh, the woman that I was hanging out with. I mean, like, oh, you're not going to smoke? Well, I am. Don't mind me. And I would get high right in front of her. And that was just crazy. You know, it was really dismissive behavior. And um, so alcohol and drugs really, it helped me become disconnected. You know, I, it's funny because I always felt like drugs brought me closer to God or drugs brought me closer to enlightenment. You know, so I'd smoke marijuana and I'd have all these great thoughts and ideas, which is true. I did have great thoughts and ideas. Um, and then I would do like mushrooms or LSD and I'd have all these great thoughts and ideas and everything would become clear. And you could like see into people's souls and understand everything, you know, and I don't know if you've ever tried like uh, nitrous oxide I used to do a lot of that. And when you're on nitrous, you can really figure out the whole meaning of the universe. <laughs> the meaning of the universe kind of comes to you and, uh, and you're like, Oh my God, that's the, that's explains everything. And then all of a sudden it's gone <laughs> and then it goes away. And it's like, dang it. I just figured out the entire universe. And then you have to do more nitrous and you try and chase it and get it back. And it's uh, it just shows the fakeness of the, of the alcohol and the drugs, you know, the fakeness, um, because drinking, you know, I was always chasing that first perfect drink, you know, the first perfect drunk. You know, I remember the first time I got drunk, um, my friend, Brent and I, uh, there was a party in my neighborhood in high school and there was a party, you know, one of these, there was always some people that liked to have parties. You know, we, we never really had parties back then. I didn't really drink that much in high school. Thank goodness. Um, cause I really didn't, there was no alcoholism in my family. Like I had no concept of alcoholism. So anyways, so this girl in my neighborhood had a party with a keg and my buddy Brent and I walked over there and we drank a bunch of beers and hung out a little bit. We didn't really hang out with people. We just kind of drank beer and talked to each other. Um, and then I remember walking home and it was just the most beautiful walk. You know, the, the stars were out at night and we just laid on the grass and we were just both wasted, you know, just this perfect drunk feeling of pure joy and the excitement and fun of it. You know, with one of your best friends at age, I don't know, 15, 16, I don't remember how old we were. Um, that was fun. You know, and then I remember chasing that, you know, and sure we had some fun nights, right? I mean, you know, you get fired up. We're going to get fired up for the weekend. We're going to have a great party. We're going to go out. We're going to go dancing. You know, we used to go clubbing, get drunk, try and hook up, you know, and then it just started the cycle of, again, getting drunk and trying to hook up, which was also another story of my life for a period there. You know, you go out every night looking for someone, you know, feeling like I needed to find someone in order to complete myself, in order to feel fulfilled. I'd go out and I'd usually end up uh, alone, drunk and depressed, you know? I'd go out, you know, occasionally I'd find someone to hook up with or something, but it, it often didn't end well, you know? And I often sometimes got into fights. You know, being a big guy, people would pick fights with me. Um, I've been arrested, you know, for uh, urinating in public. I've been in trouble for fighting, for stealing, for 
you know, vandalism, all these things, all these things that you do that I did when I was drunk. And, um, you know, a friend of mine said to me once, you know, he said, he said, every time I drank, I didn't get into trouble. But every time I got into trouble, I was drinking, right? It's another reason I didn't like alcohol. I mean, it made me do stupid things. You know, alcohol made me want to go fight. It made me want to go get in trouble. And it just removes all inhibitions, you know, which is one of the reasons um, I've had some awkward and frankly bad, you know, sexual experiences drunk. Um, I've done things I regret when I'm drunk. And uh, I really got in a lot of trouble, you know, uh, a lot of trouble. So drinking was not really working for me. You know, but when I switched to marijuana, it seemed like everything was good. You know, I found a bunch of friends. They all like to get high. I like to get high. So then I just spent the next few years trying to get high, trying to find drugs, trying to find money for drugs, trying to do drugs, um, trying to find the perfect environment to do drugs. And um, again, that was somewhat unfulfilling, you know, because I couldn't just casually do drugs. I couldn't just casually get high like maybe some people did or they looked like, you know. I would really just want to get high all the time, and it was very obsessive. Um, and it caused me to fail out of college numerous times. You know, I would fail out every semester, and I would talk my way back in. And, um, you know, what I didn't realize is I was getting, like, mentally ill. And the drugs, you know, were really kind of helping me create some false narratives in my mind, you know. Um, it's interesting today when I listen to some of these uh, QAnon conspiracy things, I can relate because when I was high, I kind of pieced together things, right? And if, you know, if, if I'm mentally ill and piecing together pieces of information from news outlets and fake information from Russia and all this, I can come up with some really crazy theories and believe it, you know? And for me, you know, with my uh, marijuana usage, eventually it got pretty bad. You know, I was just kind of paranoid and I don't know. I couldn't really manage it. I couldn't manage it. You know, and eventually I ended up where I thought that the, um, you know, the FBI was outside in the van listening to me. I felt that uh, Jerry Garcia was my biological father and that made all sense, you know, because I like to follow the Grateful Dead. And I thought that just all these things and um, crazy thoughts, like really crazy thoughts. And I wrote them down and I really believed them and I just, I put everything together and, um, and it was just killing me, you know? And, uh, you know, I'd talk to people and they'd be like, whoa, what's up with that? What's up with him? You know? And, uh, there was a time where I, you know, I would always get stressed around, um, holidays were stressful, but also around finals. Whenever final exams are coming up, whenever my stress increased, instead of studying harder, I would just get stressed and do more drugs. Um, you know, I never went to class. I used to drive by the library in college on a Monday or Tuesday night and be like, what are people doing in there? Because I was out and about, certainly not studying. And, um, you know, and it was, it was tough because I kind of feel and I felt like that, you know, life should be about the pursuit of fun. Life should be the, about the pursuit of, you know, achieving the perfect tie and having the best friends and having fun and doing all these things and, you know, seeing the most dead shows or, and, um, but what I was forgetting is that life is also about responsibility. And I was not progressing in life. You know, it took me six years to graduate college. And, um, you know, when I finally did graduate, when I finally did graduate, 
everybody was younger than me by two years. And it's lucky I graduated. I don't know how I did it. I was not in good mental shape. You know, I had the, the full-blown disease of alcoholism and drug addiction that was trying to kill me. And somehow I graduated from a major, you know, top university. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I do believe I'm smart. You know, I am talented. I have good foundation. But I was in full-blown alcoholism. And, uh, you know, so, so it was sad. You know, it was sad. And, and when I graduated college, it was sad. You know, I felt alone sitting in the bleachers at graduation. Um, I felt out of place. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt like uh, my school just gave me a degree because I had spent enough money there. I had no feeling of accomplishment. I felt like I really didn't learn that much because uh, I never went to class, never did homework my entire six years of college. I mean, I did enough to get by, obviously, because I did pass and graduated. But man, oh man, what a waste. You know, what a waste. Where I thought that I was really enhancing my life and having all these amazing moments and experiences, you know, I, uh, I was really just not participating in life. And when I spend my whole life going from chasing a high to chasing a high, instead of trying to be a positive participant, it was a waste. And, uh, you know, it took me years. It took me years to feel comfortable enough to go back on campus to where I graduated from college and to be able to feel comfortable because I just didn't feel comfortable. There was so much guilt, shame, and remorse for my behavior at the college, for the things I did, for the things I felt, you know, for the way it made me feel. And um, that was really sad, you know, it was sad. And that was my drug addiction, you know? So for me, um, I didn't like the alcohol, I switched to marijuana, and the marijuana made me crazy. You know, it actually landed me, not just marijuana, but marijuana mixed with mushrooms, and I didn't sleep for a few days and ended up in a mental hospital. I remember my friends kind of drove me home and it was in the summer. So I was pretty much just wearing flip-flops, shorts and a t-shirt, and just floating around campus. And uh, my, my friends drove me home and said, we're, we're not sure what's wrong with him. He's kind of talking crazy, you know? And um, I was crazy. And they checked me into a mental hospital and it was kind of, it was about an hour drive to get there. And I remember, you know, I was happy. I was really excited and happy. And I'd start crying and I was just a mess, you know? So they dropped me off there and, um, you know, it was a nice mental hospital, not like a big one, like the old style giant mental hospitals. It was a smaller one. Um, but the nurse who checked me in was a redhead and I kind of said, oh, you must be my, my biological mother. That's why I'm here. You know, I was really like off in La La Land. And um, when I got in there, they had a bunch of brownies up on the nurse's station for like an evening treat. And I thought they were pot brownies. I thought they were there for me to come down off all my drugs. So I'm like, how much of these, should, how many of these should I eat? You know, how strong are they? And, and the lady's like, oh, well, they're pretty high calorie. I'd probably only eat one, you know, and I thought they were marijuana brownies. And, um, you know, so I went in there, they gave me a bunch of meds and I slept for a couple of days in this little hospital bed. And, um, you know, when I woke up, I realized like, oh my God, I'm in a mental hospital. I mean, I was in there with a bunch of crazy people. And then if I'm honest and I look at myself, I was also one of the crazy people. And a lot of the people in there were never going to get out. Like they were like permanently in the system. They were freaking insane. Right. And there I was. Right. I thought I was a normal person. And there I'm in there. 
and I was insane. You know, and I, I remember sitting there, uh, you could have all the chocolate milk you wanted. I remember getting cartons of chocolate milk and smoking cigarettes. And I mean, I, I didn't hate it in there, you know, but, um, every morning I would line up and take my, my pills, you know, every morning we have to line up for our meds. And, and I knew that if I wanted to get out of there, I better just play ball and take my meds. Like some people would refuse to take their meds and, you know, I mean, I've seen movies about it. I saw one floor of the cuckoo's nest. I've seen movies where people refuse to take their meds. I'm like, oh, I want to get out of here. And, um, so I was about seven days in that mental hospital. Uh, I ran up about a $500 phone bill from the hospital because like I said, I thought that Jerry Garcia was my biological father. And so I called every single Jay Garcia, Jerome Garcia, um, that I could find in the San Francisco Bay area. <laughs> There's a lot of them. And uh, none of them were the real Jerry Garcia, but um, with the phone system, the way it was at the um, mental hospital, there was like a $500 charge. So luckily they took that away, I believe, because of course I was not in my right mind. How was I able to call and charge all those phone calls? That's kind of crazy. Um, you know, and I remember getting out of there and it was actually Mother's Day. I got out on Mother's Day and that was probably uh, Mother's Day, 1995, I believe, um, maybe 94, I'll have to. 90, 94. Yeah. Um, so I got out of the hospital and we went out to like a Japanese steakhouse and it was like the best meal I ever had. Uh, cause I've been eating hospital food for a week and that was sucked. So this, you know, uh, Japanese steakhouse, Ichiban, you know, with the shrimp and the steak or whatever it was, you know, um, was delicious. So, but then it's funny because even though I was new, I had a problem. You know, I went back up to Michigan State the next week and um, immediately started smoking pot again. You know, I was hanging out with my buddies and they'd be like, are you smoking or aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm smoking. You know, give me the give me the pipe and I would start smoking again. And then I was getting crazy again right out of the gate. And I was on all these drugs you know, all these medication that just had like strange effects, you know. And uh, so mm, I ended up getting pulled home again. And then I ended up living at home after that. And uh, I was on lots of meds, you know, so I decided to quit drinking. I'm sorry, to quit doing drugs because marijuana was obviously my problem. You know, I, I started going to intensive outpatient therapy, learning about alcoholism and drug addiction. And I think, and I think that that was important because knowledge is power. And I had no idea what alcoholic was. I had no idea what drug addict was. Um, and what I was learning was I had a disease that was trying to kill me, you know? So I'd go to the IOP and, you know, I started learning about it, but I was still drinking. I wasn't smoking pot. Um, so I was feeling a little bit better after that summer. I commuted for an internship all summer and, you know, I was okay. But then I started back in school and I was actually doing pretty well. You know, I was getting decent grades. I was showing up in classes, you know, I wasn't getting high at all, but I was drinking occasionally. And um, I started dating a woman and that was fun, but she still smoked marijuana and she really wanted me to get high with her and she'd always talk about it and she'd smoke pot in front of me. And, and um, so I, you know, ended up getting high and uh, smoked marijuana with her on Halloween. And um, that was 
great. But then immediately, you know, from Halloween to the end of the year, I, my grades went down, you know, from A's and B's to C's and D's. I barely graduated or finished my classes that semester. I, I was a mess, you know, and, uh, and I went and took LSD and, you know, um, I was just in really bad shape. So, you know, eventually sometime after that, uh, early January, um, you know, 1996, yeah, 1996 was when I stopped the marijuana. And then August 13th, 1996 was when I stopped the alcohol. And um, we can talk more about this in the future, but I just, there was a long period. Well, let me, let me say, when I stopped smoking marijuana in January of that year, my drinking skyrocketed. And this was something that kind of scared me because I never thought that I was an alcoholic, but my drinking just, I started drinking way more and I had seizures one time and I was just in bad shape. And, um, also the alcohol was starting to give me the same thoughts, crazy thoughts that the marijuana and the LSD was giving me. So again, that scared the hell out of me, you know? And so then over those next six months until August of that year, I struggled trying to stop drinking. It was very difficult. And I had the conversation with a lot of people. How do I know I'm an alcoholic? Am I an alcoholic? Do you think I'm an alcoholic? Um, my friends would tell me I'm not. They'd say, you know, you're not an alcoholic. And besides, if you don't drink tonight, you're not going to have fun. You're going to be a downer. Everybody else is drinking. You should just drink. I mean, it was just the way it was. And, um, you know, eventually I stopped. And I'm going to stop today's podcast uh, with that. Just let me say you can get sober. Nobody can answer the question of whether you're an alcoholic or not, except you. You can get sober. I have over 25 years of sobriety. It was the best choice I ever made my entire life. And if you want to get sober, keep listening to the Recovering CEO podcast, and I think it'll help you. So again, this is the Recovering CEO. Am I an alcoholic? And have a great day. Stay sober, and God bless. You thought that you could have it all. Life could be a bar. But you fell and scabbed your knee. Now you can.